You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. So as you can see, I am preaching today. Uh, Very excited about it. I want to say I love preaching. I don't know about that yet. Uh, (laughs) But I'll I'll, I'll do what the Lord calls me to do. It's not, I'm a little uneasy, but I still like it. All right? So last week, Pastor Todd talked about culture. Everybody knows what culture is, right? I'll give you a definition. It's defined as the attitudes and behavior characteristic of a particular social group. So basically how you naturally behave uh, because of your lifestyle. some, you know, you have the Latin, uh, you have the Latin culture, you have the Native American culture, you have the Asian culture, just all different kinds of cultures around the nation, right? Uh, for those that don't know, um, I was raised, uh, I was pretty much just raised Mexican with my mom, and I had a quinceanera. Uh, that is when you turn 15, um, it is like, it's like this big ceremony from going from a little girl to a young lady, uh, and I didn't do first service, but I did this service, uh, Here's my. <laughs> uh, fun fact: I was actually 14 years old in that. Uh, I cheated a little bit. Um, we, I was already in Joshua at the time that I was turning 15, and we wanted to have that in El Paso with all our friends and family. So uh, it was like two months before my birthday, but it was really cool. Uh, and one of the things that they do that I'll just share—it's completely random—but one of the things that they do in a quinceanera is um, you do like this changeover from, like I said, a little girl to a young woman. And my thing was, I walked in. It's literally like a wedding, like the whole thing. You act like a wedding, like you have your your people that walk up before you. Anyways, so uh, my. I walked down with basketball shoes on and a basketball. <laughs> Cause that's, so, and then they traded it out for, as you can see, the heels and bouquet, uh, because apparently when you turn 15, you stop playing basketball. Uh, <laughs> it is not true. I played until I was 18, uh, and I looked the same. So. Uh, so we all know how, I mean, th- even thinking that some of you are like, wow, I never even knew that, but that's, that's my culture. That's what I was raised in. And things that I do is just my culture that I was raised in. Uh, there's also cultures in the school for those of you that are in high school. You have those that, you know, you have the mean girls, you have the jocks, you have, uh, you have the nerds or the books. I don't know if nerds is like nice to say I was a nerd. It's fine. Um, you have different kinds of groups like that. And then my favorite culture of all is Hope's culture. Love God, love people. I know it's our motto, but it's our culture. We love people. Uh, ever since the first day I walked into these doors, and even when I walk in here, if it's full of people or completely empty, I just feel the love of God, and I feel the love from people here. It's like it just radiates here, and I just love that. So that's our culture. Love God, love people. And that's what, that's what we live and breathe. And last week, Pastor Todd did an amazing, he's been an amazing job these past couple weeks, um, but last week he talked about ways we can help bring revival to our city, because who wants to bring revival to Cleburne? I know, I know I do. I don't even live here, and I know I do. Um, but he was talking about we need to be humble and, be, and live a life of repentance. And my favorite point that he had was be a willing vessel. Be a willing vessel. Yes, we can go and do things God has called us to do, but if we're upset about it the whole time because we had to wake up at 6.30 in the morning to go pass out food, that's, that's not a willing vessel. You're, don't even go if you're going to be upset about it. We have to be willing vessels. We have to want to do these things. So how can we help bring revival to this city? 
It is a culture. Revival is a culture, guys. That's how we bring it to the city. You've all heard the saying, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself, right? So if we want revival, we have to be the ones that do it. We can't just be like, hey, uh, let's, uh, let's start a revival, but let's just, let's, just, let's just stay in here and see if it happens. Because I don't know about you, but we've been standing for a long time and nothing has happened, right? We want revival to happen. So my first point, how to live culture, we got to live it out, live a life of consecration. That is, live a surrendered lifestyle, setting aside our wants for God's will in our lives. We have a lot of wants in our lives, guys. And forgive me, I'm going to quote Pastor Todd a lot, because he did amazing last week. But one of the quotes that he said last week, it wasn't even in his notes, it, was, it wasn't you know, in, in there or anything. It was, I'm living my best life because it's Jesus' life. I'm living my best life because it's Jesus' life. I could have picked my own path. I could have stayed at my old church and kept playing drums. But I said yes to Jesus, and I'm living his life. And now I get to be a, be a part of a lot of really cool things that he's doing here at Hope Church and in this city. I'm living my best life because it's Jesus' life. It's not my life. It's not my path. It's the short and narrow path that nobody really wants to take. So Romans 12.1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. There it is right there, guys. Then you will learn God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God wants nothing but good for you. You can never go wrong saying yes to Jesus. But anything else in this world you can say yes to, and he can leave you high and dry and in a lot of trouble. We are called to be different. Not just an outsider, not just an outcast, not just one that's doing everything different from society, but we're called to be different. Someone that radiates the love of Jesus. Someone that lives such a radical lifestyle that it turns people to Jesus. That's how we should be living, that people can just look at us and just know that we're living and breathing Jesus. There's people out there that want to doubt God. There's still out there people... You probably know someone right now, as I said that, someone that wants to doubt God, that wants to prove that he's not good. So I'm sure you have those friends. I'm sure you've shared some of your struggles, some of your, um, some of your storms that you've been going through with people, and you know, maybe you've called them the night before crying because you know, maybe your marriage is you know, about to go down the drain. But you show up to work the next day full of joy, full of peace and happiness, and they're like, you were in shambles yesterday crying about your marriage and now you're full of joy and you're smiling and happy. That's because of the love of Jesus. And that right there is a testimony all in itself. You still coming to church, you still talking about Jesus, you still radiating Jesus all in the middle of your biggest storm, that is a big testimony. Especially people know the storm that you're going through. You living a lifestyle consecrated to Jesus is the best testimony you can have without having to say a single word. And that alone will draw people into church and God will do the rest. We have to be living our lives for the Lord. We all know that saying. Uh, what is it? I forgot it and I just said it. Uh, actions speak louder than words. I know we all talk about Jesus day in and day out. But do your actions prove that? Is the way you're living prove that? We're always talking about tipping your waitresses and waiters. 
Do your tips prove that? Our testimonies, guys, are powerful. Our lifestyle is powerful. So people are watching you, especially if they know that you love Jesus and they want to be so much against God and so much against the church. They will watch you and wait for you to mess up or wait for you to be let down by God so they can be like, see, your God isn't good. But that's not the case whatsoever. I know my God is good because he was the same yesterday, today, and forever. The times that he's pulled me through before, he'll pull me through those same situation or even worse again. We just have to live it out and prove those people wrong. Uh, so in my, uh, in my small group class, uh, for the past two semesters, we've been going over a book called Dangerous Prayers. Really good book, highly recommend. It's like this big. If you're not a reader, it's fine. It's, it's really good. It's a really good read. And the first semester, we went over a part called Search Me. Search me, O God, and know my anxious thoughts. And reveal to me anything that doesn't align with your heart. Some might say that's an easy prayer to pray, but I think that's a pretty tough prayer because yes, you can ask God to point out the things in your heart that doesn't align with him, but getting rid of those things is the hard part. God can point out all these little things and be like, yeah, God, you're right. And then you go back right to those things. No, God's pointing them out for a reason. He wants you to get rid of those things because it's keeping you from getting closer to him. We have to put, ourself, put aside our selfish desires and die to ourself. In the first service, I talked about... Um, doing things that aren't necessarily considered a sin, but it's still unpleasing to God's heart. So I talked about how I play Call of Duty all the time. And sometimes I'll be playing Call of Duty and I feel the Lord nudge me and say, hey, you've, you've been on there for seven hours. When are you going to spend time? It wasn't seven hours. It wasn't seven hours. I don't play seven hours. Um, but even, you know, 30 minutes an hour and he nudges me. He's like, hey, you've been on there a while. Let's spend some time with me now. Playing video games is not a sin. I haven't read that scripture yet, and I've been through the Bible a few times. But it's time that's being taken away from the Lord. And I'm not saying don't go play video games. I'm not saying, you know, go the dramatic way. But the Lord wants you to, you better hit that power button and open that Bible. Because he wants to speak to you right in that moment. I had a friend um, at my old, old church. He was about 15 at the time. And uh, the Lord called him to fast and to really seek his face. And uh, this was back when, like, the old Xboxes were, like, the big black green ones with the big controllers. Kyle's laughing. He knows. Uh, the Lord told him to give up his video games. So he threw away his Xbox video games and controllers and sought the Lord. Not saying you have to go to that extreme, but if you pray this search me prayer and say, God, point out things in my life that don't align with you or get in your way, be ready for him to point out some stuff that you were not ready to know. For some of you, it might be a complete lifestyle change. For some of you, it might be something little that you didn't think was that big of a deal, but really, like, that's the one thing that's keeping you from you getting closer to me. We have to be willing vessels to let go of those things. We have to die to ourselves. We have to die to our selfish needs and wants, things that we want, things that we think we need. All we need is Jesus and food. Literally, that's all we need. We have to die to those things daily just so God can use us. That's the life of surrender, living the life that God has called us. And my second point here, which is not a crowd favorite, fasting. <laughs> Who's fasted this year? Oh, amen. That's okay. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. The Bible doesn't directly tell us to fast. It just assumes that we will. And we see it time and time and time again in the Bible. And Jesus fasted. We all know that's the most famous fast, 40 days and 40 nights. Why do we fast, though? For breakthrough, for healing, to get closer to the Lord, for repentance, 
for the sake of this series, for revival. Fasting is something that should be part of our normal walk. It's not necessarily the 40 days that you do for Lent before Easter. I'm not saying if that's the only thing you do, that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying we're called to do more than just that. And there's different types of fasts also. Oh, wait, let me read Matthew here. Matthew 6.18 reads, And when you fast, when, when you fast, it doesn't say if you fast, when you fast, don't make it obvious as hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth that it is, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Don't make it obvious. I know that's a really hard thing to do. You want to, like Pastor was talking about, walking around with the biggest Bible you have to show that you're the most holy. You don't have to walk around to say, hey, I'm fasting. Hey, I'm fasting. It's, it's not like what they talk about the vegans. How, how do you know someone's a vegan? Well, they tell you as soon as you walk in the room. Completely opposite with fasting. You don't, you don't tell people. I don't tell people. I don't tell Pastor Todd. The only, the only time I've actually told anybody I was fasting was when I worked at Home Depot, and it was like summertime, and we were working outside. And I was like, hey, I might pass out. I'm fasting, it's fine. Just give me like an orange slice. Um, but that's the only time because it's like it says, accept your father who knows what you do in private. A lot of the things that we do in private are only for the father's eyes. So he knows that we're seeking him in the private, that we're not up here just trying to make a big show of our Christianity. That's not what it's for. And there's different types of fast. Everyone knows the, I guess you call it the Jesus fast, where he literally just drank water. Um, and then you also have the Daniel fast, which is one of my favorites. It's just fruits, nuts, vegetables, and water. Um, but you can fast all sorts of things. You can fast technology. You can fast uh, social media. You can fast TV. You can fast, uh, you can fast working out. Just kidding. Don't do that. Working out's really good for you. Uh, <laughs> Uh, there is a really, really good book called 40 Days of Decrease. Uh, it's like $10 on Amazon, 40 Days of Decrease. It's by Alicia Britt Cole. Um, and it takes you through 40 days of fast. Each day it has a different type of fast. And it also takes you through a devotional, which is really, really cool. Um, and I wrote down some of my favorite ones that I wrote down. Uh, on a day I had to fast sound. Not for the whole day, but for, I, I think I took like an hour and a half. I fasted sound. I sat in silence. I even put my in-ears in. They're noise-canceling. Um, so I put them in my ears so I wouldn't hear anything else. And I just sat in silence for an hour. I didn't pray out loud. I just prayed in my head so I can just sit in silence and just hear the Lord. And I knew that I had to put my in-ears in because I could, you know, I live in an apartment so I can hear neighbors arguing or someone pulling up and honking or playing their music. But I wanted that silence. I wanted a fast sound. And it's crazy. It was crazy to experience just a complete hour and a half of like dead silence. Who's had, who hasn't had silence in like years? Probably all the parents with kids. I see that hand. I have a cat, so I don't know if that's the same. It's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not. It's nothing. It's nothing the same. He's really sweet and quiet and doesn't do anything. Um, but yes, 40, 40 days of decrease. I highly recommend. Like I said, it's $10 on Amazon. Uh, they didn't pay me to say that. It's just a really good book. I highly recommend it. Um, and then another one, uh, normal fast a meal for the day, which is easy. Um, and then they had another one where you had to fast comparison. You had to fast comparing yourself to anyone. And that's really hard because I don't know about you, but I compare myself way too often. I'm like, oh, you know, I, I could be doing this, like this person or this person, you know, does this better than me and blah, blah, blah. The Lord created you unique for a reason. You were made 
uniquely so you can do exactly what God called you to do. Like God called me to do certain things that he didn't call Amber to do and vice versa. Amber could do things that I can't do, but I'm not going to be jealous or compare myself to her because of that, because I know who I am, who God says I am. So we have to focus on that. And then another really good one um, that they had on here, um, which is my favorite, um, and this goes out to mostly those that receive like praise at work, like good job, or hey, this is re you know, really good, and you feel like, well, it wasn't me, it was all the Lord, and you feel like, well, I don't want to receive this praise, so it's actually for the Lord. And what this book tells you to do is, um, it's called collecting praise. So when someone tells you good job for doing something, like if someone told me, oh, you did amazing in worship, like I'm, I collect that as a rose or as a flower, and at the end of the day, I take my, all my flowers and give the bouquet to the Lord because it was his to begin with. Um, and that was kind of fasting, um, denying praise, but really just collecting it and giving it to the Lord. And even if at the end of the day, you only got one or two, you can fill it with your own uh, flowers of gratitude towards the Lord. But guys, I, I really want to urge you guys to fast. Is there something you need breakthrough for that you feel like you're just on the cusp of that you can't really break through that wall? Fast. Even if it's just for a week, that's a fast. One week, two weeks, three weeks, 40 days, whatever you want to do every other day. A fast is a fast. And it's not that you just cut those things out and then just sit there and do nothing. In that time where you would normally be whether eating a meal, watching a TV show, or scrolling through Facebook, take that time to actually spend time with the Lord. I think people forget at times that you're not just not doing those things. You're replacing it with spending time with the Lord. That's what a fast is. So when we do fast, again, when you do fast, not if, and I'm not telling you guys we're about to go into like a church-wide fast. This is this is just a me nudging you type thing. Um, but if you want to see breakthrough, if you want to see healing from this land, if you want to see revival come here, we have to fast. We have to fast so we can bring revival here and, and get everybody saved and change the face of Cleburne. Amen? Amen? And then my third point, which oddly goes great with the second point, hunger. <laughs> we talked about fasting and now hunger. Luke 4.4 4 says, But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Hunger is a strong desire, craving, or the need for food. But in this case, not food, but the Lord. We need to be filled spiritually. It is in our human nature to be hungry. Some of you are probably hungry now, waiting for me to wrap up so you can go to Chili's or wherever you're going to eat. That same hunger that we have, we should have hunger for the Lord daily. We should want nothing more than to seek his face daily. We should wake up and just be more hungry for the Lord than we are for a bowl of cereal. If we want the Lord to come, we have to be hungry for him. We have to seek him out. It is in our human nature to hunger for God. It's how he created us. But instead, we fill it with temporary things that let us down. We wake up, roll over, check our phones, and we're on Facebook. We turn off our alarm. We go on Instagram. We turn our alarm bracket, and then we just go and get ready for the day. I've made it a point to where I turn my alarm off, and then I go get my Bible. I don't even use the Bible on my phone anymore. Because as soon as I feel a vibration, I'm like, oop, notification. And it's something that's unnecessary, like doesn't even pertain to me. But we need to make it a habit of rolling out of bed and grabbing our physical Bibles. If, you're, if you don't have um, restraint to not look at your other apps, I recommend going back to a physical Bible. I'm not saying your Bible app is a bad thing, but I, I know I don't have restraint not look at other notifications, so I have to grab my physical Bible. But that's the kind of hunger we have, guys. 
We should not just be excited and hungry to come to church on Sunday or come on Wednesday. We should be hungry every single day of the week, so much so we wish there was church every single day of the week. That's the kind of hunger that we need for uh, revival to come and change this land. For some of you, you need coffee to start off your day. I need Jesus. If I wake up in the morning and I miss my time with Jesus, my whole day is thrown off. I got to have my Jesus first in the morning. Makes me a little bit nicer to people. But our desire should be to seek God's face daily, not just for our sake, but for our families, friends, and this city. So we have to hunger. Hunger for the Lord, hunger for more of Him. Guys, He is infinite. Even if you spent 16 hours a day, every day for the rest of your life, you would still not know everything about God. And that's what's so amazing about him. He's so mysterious that we keep coming back for more, but we have to have that hunger. We have to be willing. We can't turn off our alarm and be like, oh, I've got to read my Bible now because Pastor Mo said it's better if I start my day this way. Don't do something because I told you to. Do it because you want to, because you want the Lord to come and change your life and come and change your family's lives and come change the city of Cleburne. This is not for me. This is for the city. And I know you guys want to see change in the city. I don't even live here, and I want to see this, change, see this place changed. So we have to live it out. We have to live a life of consecration. We have to be a willing and living sacrifice. Make sure our hearts are in the right place when we do it. We have to fast, guys. I know you guys don't like hearing that, but we have to fast. And you don't fast something that's easy for you, like... I'm going to fast rollerblading. Well, you haven't done that since 99, so that doesn't count. (laughs) Fast something that you feel is a sacrifice to you. You really like Netflix? Don't watch it for a week. Those shows will still be there. Every single show will still be there after you, if you missed a lot. You don't have to watch it live. Just, you can catch it the next day. It's fine. It's the goodness of technology. You can watch it later. But fast, guys. Yes, it's not fun. Yes, it's sometimes painful. But on the other end of it, there's a huge blessing waiting for you, not just you, but for everybody else that's attached to you. And hunger. We have to hunger, guys. We have to want the Lord. We have to wake up and want more of Him and need more of Him. Like Pastor Todd was saying, we have to be filled here and be able to pour it out to everybody else. But if you miss a Sunday, oh no. Getting close to the Lord is not my job for you. I can point you to some really good scriptures. I can give you a good message. Same with Pastor Todd or Pastor Grant or anybody of the pastors here. But it's up to you. You have to be the one that wants to change. If you're just sitting there, you don't want change. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. We have to put in the work. We have to be hungry. We have to fast. We have to live our lives differently. Like, if you, if you want to, I, I, I highly recommend praying the Search Me Prayer. But be ready for the Lord to point out some things that you never expected. And be ready to get rid of those. It's a lifestyle change, guys. If we want to see change, it starts with us. It has to start with us. So I have three questions for you. What does this mean for us? Are you living in a way that points people to Jesus? Does your lifestyle point people to Jesus? Are you just all talk and no action? Are you telling telling people, hey, Jesus loves you, and then not help them with anything ever? Our attitudes, 
our lifestyle, our character needs to bleed Jesus, that all people see is Jesus. Because once they see that and they come here, that's it. You've done your job. God will do the rest. And like I said, your testimony, you're just walking out and living your life full of the Lord. That'll bring anybody in, especially if they know your story, if they know you've been struggling and they see, wow, they're still in church every single week. I got to see what this is about. And that'll draw them in. Let the Lord do the rest. Number two, what do you hunger for? Are you hungering for more likes on Instagram? Are you hungering for more Facebook comments on your picture? Are you hungry for the latest episode of whatever is new out? I'm not even sure what's out now. I don't watch new TV. But what do you hunger for? If the Lord isn't the first thing on that list, you might need to rearrange that list a little bit. And number three, are you ready to live a lifestyle that can change the culture of this city? Guys, if we just live it out and we're set on fire for the Lord, fire spreads easily. If we're just living it out, it'll attract people. We'll have more here. And they don't necessarily have to come here. They can go and start a fire somewhere else. But it's Jesus fire, and that's all we need. doesn't have to be hope fire. We're all one church. It's Jesus fire. We just got to live it out, guys. We just live out the lifestyle that can change the culture of this city. I mean, you guys know, some of you parents know, when your kids are hanging out with the wrong crowd, they start acting like those kids, and you're just like, who, who are you? That's how we should be. Our friends should be like, who are you? Why are you so happy all the time? That's what we're called to do, guys. We need to live this lifestyle. If we want to see change, we have to do it. Like Pastor Todd said last week, it starts with us. And I'm not saying you have to do this huge, dramatic lifestyle change and basically become a nun. Not that whatsoever. Take little steps. Because even small steps is change. Start with a three-day fast, a week. Maybe instead of reading one little scripture, you read a whole passage. Just really challenge yourself to do more than what you've been doing, guys. If you want to see change, it starts with you. It starts with me. We have to be the change. We can't just show up on Sundays and Wednesdays and, oh, Lord, are you going to change Cleburne this week? Nope. All right. We'll try and go next week. See you then. Nope. We get filled up here and we go out and pour it out and we live it out. Amen. If you'll stand with me, I'll pray. Pastor Grant's going to lead us in a, as my grandpa used to call, an oldie but a goodie. I surrender all. We should be living a lifestyle where we surrender our lives over to the Lord. So Father, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. We thank you that you have given us a way to bring revival here, Father. We ask that you give us the boldness, Father, to live it out, to change our lifestyles, to to point people to Jesus, Lord. And Father, for stagnant, I ask that you give us that hunger, that hunger for you, that hunger for more of your love, more of your knowledge, more of your wisdom, so we can pass it to others, Father. Let us have that hunger within, Lord. And Lord, just give us that boldness to live that lifestyle that can change Cleburne. Father, I believe you can change this city to be a city known to be on fire for Jesus, Father. Give us that boldness to live it out, to step out and be uh, the ones that are different.
from our friends, Father, and to help them point them to Jesus, Lord. Father, we want revival. We want change. We want just a fresh anointing poured out upon this city, Lord. We know that you can do it, and we know that you will, Lord. And we know that it starts with us. So give us that courage. Give us that boldness, Father, to just reach out to those, Lord, and to just be able to reach in, Lord, and, and to just go after what you have for us and what you want for us. We thank you, Jesus, and we pray all these things in your marvelous name. Amen.